This is the Unity Community of Central Oregon podcast. So today is a little bit different than our usual way of doing it because it's really, we wanted to create ritual space for each one of us to hold our beloveds that have passed on before us. And I'm sure that as you listened to Anastasia's story and those beautiful songs, something stirred inside of you and you're remembering those that you have loved who are not physically walking the earth anymore. Whether it's beloved pets that you have or ancestors or friends. And Grief is something that it spreads out. It isn't confined, although we're focusing on our beloveds that have died. We also have grief for situations we've had to let go of. Things that used to be true for us that are no longer relationships that have been severed for some reason. Roles that we took great pride in that we no longer have. These these are all places where we feel grief. And grief grief is this amazing gift in our world. It's a bridge that takes us from the place that we know ourselves to something bigger. And we can't, we can know it intellectually where we're going, but It's only by taking the steps over that bridge through the process of grief that we discover the more that we are. So it's a powerful journey, but it's not fun at all. It hurts. Our hearts hurt and they break and they break open so that we can discover the life and the light and the love that is in those hearts more fully. I want to talk about today what it means to die and and that process of it. And where do we go and what happens? And I'm I'm speaking from a place of belief and an intuitive knowing, but I'm not, you know, I didn't die, come back, and here to report, you know, so I'm not that person. But, but I still know what goes on, and there are so many that have written about it and shared their truth with us. And, I know that a lot of you have read those books and you you have that wisdom too. Unity teaching is that we're one with all that is. And we, we come from that light, that creation energy. And we, we take a form, but this form is temporary and it's an illusion 
It seems so real. But it's not the totality of who we are. And I'm not going to say it's not real. I know there are some teachings that say, oh, this is all illusion. But why are we here in the first place if we're going to discount this whole amazing illusion? Why did we bother to come? We came from that, that allness, that mystery that is infinite. <laughs> But we came into form, and we came into form to discover more. When Anastasia was talking about she and her father and, and her experience of coming in, we, we do that purposefully. We do that to discover ourself as love because there's, we go through that process of amnesia, of forgetting who we are. And then we have to go through all the experiences to remember. And those that we are saying goodbye to here, that we are remembering, they were often a big part in our journey of remembering. Sometimes because we fought with them to the bitter end, and sometimes because we loved them so much and they taught us so much. But either way, they are part of our journey to discovering who we really are. It doesn't change. When, when people die, my, um, my grandson asked me, actually for the second time, so I think he's really trying to take that answer in. He's 11, and he says, do you believe in heaven? And so I told him, again, what I thought heaven was. And, and so he's, okay, no, so pondering. <laughs> but I found this passage from this book by Mike Dooley about um, the 10 things dead people want to tell you. And this one is about heaven. And the, the title of the chapter is, Heaven is Gonna Blow Your Mind. <laughs> That white light you hear of people seeing during near-death experiences, it's love. Seen by tired eyes. You sense both that it emanates from intelligence and that in some uncanny way, it is that intelligence. You get that it knows you far better than you know yourself. It understands you. It adores you. Like a doting parent times infinity. This recognition being so understood is heaven. You also grasp that it was your misunderstandings that created the disconnect in the life you just left, preventing you from feeling what was there all along. This white light is as close to God as any of us can get before finally knowing 
we are God. In it, you will marvel with revelation upon stunning revelation in total ecstasy. And then you will wonder how you might have lived had you always known how important you were, how powerful you were, that there were no mistakes. So that's heaven. It's all good. It doesn't stop us from crying. It doesn't stop us from missing the absence of the person and their energy, even though everyone in this room knows that they're still there, that we can access them, but it's not the same doesn't have flesh on it. And we miss that. We miss that a lot. And it's okay. It's okay. Because grief is so powerful. When you think of these people that have left, imagine if you didn't have any tears for them. Imagine if you just said, eh, next. How awful would that be? They deserve our tears because they mattered. And it helps to have the spiritual perspective to know that they still are. They shed the body, but they, the consciousness, didn't stop. The love that they are <clears throat> didn't stop. I had a dream the other night that um, I woke up so full of joy from this dream. And in this dream, I was a very old lady, older than I am now. I had to clarify that with my grandson when I told him this dream. Because <laughs> he said, you are an old lady. <laughs> so, but I was much, much older, and <laughs> I was sitting in this little kitchen, and the door was open, and freezing cold air was coming in, and I was kind of freezing to death. But I had this paper in my hand, and I was writing a note for whoever was going to find my cold, dead body that, no, 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 this is so great. That's what I wanted them to know, and I was sitting there, and all the people I had ever known and touched in my life. Some of them had already passed and some of them were still alive, but they were all crowding into the doorway. And, and it was just like the love connection between them that that represented. I was just so full of, oh my gosh, this is what, this is what I got to do here. I got to be here and, and just share all that love, be all that love. And the dying was just such a joy. And luckily, my husband was awake, or maybe he wasn't, but I told him the dream anyway, because <laughs> it 
was, it was so important. It was so important. And, and I just knew that knowing that I was going to be up here in another day to talk about it, I, I knew it was a dream that was for all of us. It wasn't just for me. It's important that we know that, that we, we let go of any fear of dying. We let go of any fear of those we love dying, even though when they die, we will be sad. We will be sad. We will be sadder with some than with others, but we will be sad and we will remember them. This is a time in, in the earth's turning that we are letting go. We are honoring death. The leaves are turning color. They're kind of like my dream. You know, all that color, all that life. It's like, woohoo, look at what this has been. And then we let it go. The trees let it go. The time of life and growth and all of that has ended. And now we're moving into the dark time of the year. And life is still happening, but it's underground. We're not seeing it. And so it's a time when people who have been close to the earth have traditionally celebrated death. The Celts refer to it as thin places. Thin places can refer to times of the year, and they can refer to locations. I'm reading this beautiful novel called The Unhiding of Elijah Campbell, and in it he goes back to the place where he grew up, and he finds these thin places, places that he had spent a lot of time, and they, they had created an energy for him. And when he went there, he was able to communicate with loved ones that had passed. And he was able to learn more about their relationship. And, and they were able to counsel him because he was in a very stuck, despairing place when he went there. So you could go to places like that, that that hold special meaning for you. And you can commune with people who have gone before. You can get information. They're there all the time. We are not there. We are not paying attention. But if we pay attention, if we tune in, they are there. There's um, a few years ago, I was privileged to go to Bali and spend a month there. And in one of those thin places in Bali where people had come and it was a place where you honored your tears and many people had walked through these pools of tears. And so I did that and I had gone with a friend who had had terrible loss in her life and she was there just processing all of that and had invited me to go with her. And so she was getting, she was, when she was writing, she was getting a lot of information from her daughters and her ex-husband. And 
I was feeling jealous. I'm not getting this information. And my mother had died when I was seven, as many of you know. And in my family, I guess my father and then my stepmother, they didn't, they didn't understand the wisdom of remembering her. And so there wasn't like the first year that she died, we got traipsed to the cemetery every year to cry. And I mean, every week to cry. But, but after that, and after my dad remarried a year and a half later, there really was never any mention of her. And so I grew up without memories of her. You know, I, I have a handful, but really not much. Whereas, you know, if I, if I were gonna have a redo, I would say, keep her alive, keep her in our hearts, tell the stories of her. And, but they didn't know that then. And so I got to adulthood with really not a lot of memories. And so I'm doing some journaling in this thin place and I'm, I'm writing to her and I say, what happened to you? You disappeared into the night, never to let me feel your presence again. Why didn't I get that experience? Why can't I remember you? What has to happen for my memories to return and to feel your presence? And this is what she said. The longing has been hard, I know. And yet, beyond the void, or from within it, is born an energy of connection to life that is far bigger and more powerful than a human connection. The whole world is your mother now. Sheltering, nurturing, and amusing you. When you stood at the mouth of the cave and felt the awe and power and gratitude move through you, you were feeling the kiss of my mouth unfettered by form, but endlessly loving you. You can remember me more clearly if you want to, but your temptation will be to head back in time. Whereas in this now moment, I am all around you. There has never been a moment when I have been apart from you. You simply have not recognized me as energy. When spirit moves through you, I am in that. I know you want a physical mother to cradle you, but I give you so much more. I am in your spirit. You embody the mother as you have long known. In my human form, I was always so tired, frail in many ways. Had I lived, though I always would have loved you, I could not provide the opportunities I have been able to give you, precious child of my heart. Let go of demands and rejoice in the riches I shower upon you, like the goddess Lakshmi, scattering milk and precious coins upon her children. 
I am always with you. And your beloveds are always with you. And we miss them. We miss their human forms. And grief is something that happens in waves. We can go along for years and be just fine. And one day we get a whiff of a perfume or we hear a tune or we're in a thin place and suddenly there's all these tears that come back to us. And that's the nature of grief. We have this linear idea that, okay, event happens, someone dies, we've got X amount of time, and then we should be over it. And that is just plain wrong. Starting with time is linear. That's a perception. And grief teaches us that it's not. Grief is a cycle. Just like in the earth, every year, those trees do the same thing. Every year, reminding us. Grief is part of the circle of life. We grow and we grow and we grow and we let go and we hibernate. And then we begin again. That's planet Earth and the process here. And it's good. It's good. We don't have to enjoy everything. If we were always happy, 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 we'd get bored. The contrast is what deepens the joy. In that novel I was reading, one of the ancestors that he spoke with told him, you, it's like this time when you were five and you went out in the woods and you were walking along the familiar path and you were happy, you were happy, you were out there exploring. And then you heard the brook over in the distance and you just started walking toward the brook, having faith in your, what you heard and your instincts and wanting to go toward it. And when you got to the brook, what did you feel? And he realized it was joy. There was just something so magical about that place. And she said, that's what's happening in your life right now. You were on this path, and you thought the point was happiness. But now things have happened, and you've veered off the path, and you're moving toward joy. You can't find joy on the path of happiness. It's great. It's just not enough. And so we veer off in our lives. We travel this path of grief, this path of confusion, this path of loss. 
But just beyond that is this river of life and joy. And that's what we find as we stay in the process. So for those we have lost physically, but not lost, we want to remember them. We want to remember the light that they were. We want to tell the stories about them. When we leave this morning and go out in the foyer, I hope that you will share stories with each other. Tell us about the ones that aren't sitting here with you now, but are sitting here. Know that the qualities that you loved the most in them, you can honor them by taking those qualities and be more of that yourself. Because you couldn't see those qualities in them if you didn't have those qualities in yourself. But you may not have developed them. And that's a wonderful way to honor the dead. Maybe there was a talent that they had and you could try that out yourself. Maybe you already have it, but you could remember them whenever you did it. My father was, he was great at memorizing, but I'm not that. But he was also wanted to be an actor. And if it weren't for his mother who said, there is not gonna be an actor in our family. And so he got a job, <laughs> but, but that actor energy, I draw on that all the time. I see it in my kids. I see it in my grandson. This ability to just get up there and, hey, you know, it's this theatrical part. And so I feel this kinship to my dad whenever I'm in that role. My dad was a real schmoozer. And he, like, I worked for him in the department store. And he said, now you, you're not, he was teaching me it wasn't about transactions. You're not just selling people stuff. You got to talk to them, schmooze with them. And so I learned to do that. And, and that makes me feel kinship to him whenever I'm connecting with people because he taught me that. I look, at, I look at the way that I mother, whether it's my children or the thousands of people that I just adopt <laughs> energetically, and I know I got that from my mother. I know that's what she was like. And so I carry them forward, my ancestors. My grandfather, I remember how he taught me to swim, not to swim, to float in the pool. This is down in Miami, and he'd hold he had his hand here and he'd hold me up. And gradually, he'd take fingers away until finally he just had one finger that was holding me up. And he was finally able to let that go and I was floating. But I realized in thinking about him, oh, he's still under me. You know, I can still lean into that. So think about those you've lost. How are they still here? How are they holding you? 
What's their version of that finger? What are their qualities that are so beautiful being expressed by you? I asked you to bring pictures today. I've got pictures of grandparents and parents and my sister. And if you have them with you, I just invite you to hold them to your heart. And if you don't have them with you, just hold your hands to your heart and energetically hold those people. All those people you've loved, all those animals you've loved. And just let yourself feel the riches of their presence in your life. All that they gave you. The way that they loved you. In your imagination, open to their voices saying, oh, what a treasure you are. Maybe they need to make amends. Maybe they want to say, I wish I could have told you better. I wish I could have seen you more clearly. But I see you now. I'm telling you now. I love you so. And now we're going to do a little ritual. As you hold them in your heart, I'm going to invite you to come up to this table. And there are these beautiful beeswax candles. And Anastasia and Lisa are going to be singing a song. What does the song mean? Okay, well, it means. Okay, so for those of you who online, online, maybe you didn't hear that, Anastasia was saying this song that they're going to be singing in Sanskrit is about calling in the gods and goddesses, those energies, however you call them, you know, it's not literal, it's energies, and they're calling to, to help you make this transition. And so whether it's the transition of those we're honoring or it's the transition of us from a place of deep grief into peace and love, we're going to light a candle and one candle for each, each of you, but it represents all of your people. And just a little thing, and those of you online, please just get a candle there and, and do this ritual with us. This might seem obvious or not. I only thought of it recently. Don't put the candle out here at the edge. Put it in the middle and move out so that people who come after you don't burn their hands. <laughs> okay, so if you would like to come up and start singing, and then let's just start on this side and just move across that way. And while 
so this is going to be a meditative experience while people are coming up to light their candles the rest of us are just staying in the presence of all who have been here and loved and remain as love
Sing the response on this if you like. Om Dam Durga Yema. Om Dam Durga Yema. Follow Lisa.
So as we look at this beautiful bowl of candles, let us remember that those we have loved are now light, pure light, and every bit as real as they ever were. So let's pray together. As we breathe in and we appreciate the breath that moves through these human forms, we remind ourselves that the breath passes, the forms pass, but the light and the love remain. And we claim together that we create such a space as the light and love that all of these beings that we honor today represent. It has a place to express in this world that we are shining lights of oneness, a global ecosystem of life, and that we offer medicine to those in the world who haven't yet discovered this truth. That by the sheer compassion and love that flows from us, not just our own, but united with all of these, that that powerful energy is healing medicine for our world. And we don't have to know how. We just allow it to be so. And so it is. And the final part of this ritual is going to be a beautiful song. Keep me in your heart. Shadows are falling and I'm running out of breath Keep me in your heart for a while If I leave you it doesn't mean I love you any less Keep me in your heart for a while When you get up in the morning and you see that crazy sun Keep me in your heart for a while There's a train even nightly called When all is said and done Keep me in your heart for a while Sha-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-
your heart for a while. Sha la 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 Keep me in your heart for a while. Sometimes when you're doing simple things around the house, maybe you'll think of me and smile. You know I'm tied to you like the buttons on your blouse. Keep me in your heart for a while. Hold me in your thoughts, take me to your tree. Touch me as I fall into view When the winter comes Keep fires lit And I will be right next to you Engine drivers headed north to Pleasant Stream Keep me in your heart for a while These wheels keep turning but they're running out of steam Keep me in your heart for a while Sha la 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 Keep me in your heart for a while Sha la 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 Keep me in your heart